So open up your heart and your mind. If you have your Bible, open up your Bible, or it will be on the screen, and uh, get ready to receive. Uh, who's in children's ministry this morning? Sister Karen is. Okay. And Sister Twyla. So thank you, ladies, for your ministry today. And the children are going. Abra, are you going to children's ministry? All right. You go, girl. <laughs> All right. Pastor Kevin's coming now. Get ready to receive from the Lord. Amen. Thank you, John. Isn't God great? How many are expecting something from God? Unique and awesome. Oh, Nelson's got a testimony, Pastor Ken. You got a mic over there? Let's, let's let him give his testimony. Come right up here by this podium, brother. Watch, don't touch it, though. You might catch on fire. <laughs> I'm not used to crowds. Yeah. I'm not used to Hello, testing. There you go. Hold it up there by your mouth. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was watching Jewish Jesus on TV. Uh, I forgot the rabbi's name. But anyway, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he told me to donate to that, to that program. And... Uh, well, I didn't obey that first night, but the next morning I called him up and I I gave my number to my debit card. Anyway, a week later, I received a very, very big check. Amen. That's it. And it was an inheritance you'd been waiting on, right? Yes, it was an inheritance. Did you know you were going to get it? No. You didn't? No. Well, I tell you what, you never know who's got your name written down somewhere. Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. And he told me how much, and he, he's greatly blessed. Yeah. So uh, he's excited. Right. Well, anyway, thank you. Amen. Good testimony, Nelson. Plus, Nelson's a regular giver. And you know what? When you give to the Lord, the Bible says, bring your tithe and offering in the storehouse and see if he'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you don't even have room for. And then, he said, then I will, he would also rebuke the devourer for your sake. So when you give, God's helping your 90% go a lot farther, and then he rebukes the enemy that wants to rob you, like a little fox that spoiled the vine. And uh, Nelson calls me regular, and we talk, and we pray, and we know God's moving, don't we? And uh, he just proved it to him once again. How about that movie, Back to the Future? Did y'all ever see that, where the crazy professor and... Michael J. Fox, he's a young guy, and he's, what do you call him, Doc? He called him Doc, I think. Anyway, they got in the old DeLorean. Y'all remember those cars? And they go straight down the street, and they had this kind of connection deal on the roof, and when it would hit the electric line, whew, they would go back to the future. Anyway, sometimes they'd go in the future, sometimes he went in the past in another one of the movies. But 
They're for entertainment purposes. Uh, but you know what? God can take you into the future. He definitely can take you into your past. And you know what? Most people, you have a past, and that past haunts you sometimes. Many people, the past hinders their ability to go into their future. God doesn't want your past to tie your hands and your feet from going the way he wants you to. He is a God that forgives and forgets. You know what we do? We don't even forgive ourselves sometimes, and we definitely oftentimes can't forget. And so many things. Uh, I remember I was over the First Choice Women's Center in Dade, Miami-Dade, and Monroe counties in South Florida. I was the president of the board of directors, and we had a budget of about two to three million dollars, and we had three centers, and we had one of those RVs that you drive that we would go to the University of Miami and Florida International University and Miami-Dade Community College and set up in the parking lots, and uh, girls could come and get a pregnancy test to see if they're pregnant because they're trying to weigh out what should I do? How many saw what happened with the Supreme Court recently? And we got all kind of feisty stuff going on. Uh, President Biden tried to sign some executive order in to where they're trying to get around the Roe versus Wade decision. And we pray that that will stop. That's corrupt. If anybody in this room, and I look at the ceiling, has ever had an abortion, <clears throat> now, granted, I'll tell you, if you ever had to ha if you had a miscarriage and the doctor had to do a DNC, they call it abortion on the, on the medical paper, but it doesn't mean you went and terminated your baby. But many times a girl decided, and Sue used to work for, uh, uh, what was the name of that place? Yeah, Crisis Pregnancy Center out in the Carolinas, and she knows what I'm talking about. But we saved thousands of babies. I was the president of the board five or six years and on the board for like eight or nine. And, you know, uh, we firmly believe in trying to save those babies. But we also had something called post-abortion counseling education classes. Did y'all have those too? And what we did in those classes is if somebody had had an abortion, they could come in and we would take them through classes. It's almost like counseling, but it's cathartic because it helped them to get beyond what had happened in the past. Because many of them would have nightmares, and on the due date of the baby that would have been born, they just have such depression, unbelievable depression. And so... You know, it's a traumatic thing. And when they, they get out there and they pick it and, and they demonstrate for the right to have abortions, you know, all you got to do, you see these little babies? Sister Vicky's got a little grandbaby over there. She's in the nursery. 
Well, I've got one in the nursery too, or two in there. But uh, that little Laney, next little girl, she's so cute now. She just w runs around, and you know, of course, I was running around the edge of the pool chasing her. Don't, don't jump in. Don't jump. <laughs> you know, the other day, and uh, but so cute. You know, how can anybody do that? But it's a lie of the devil. The enemy tries to lie to a person, say, your life is over, but it's a lie. You know what? If anybody ever went through that, they don't have to live in the lie. You know what? The baby's in heaven, and one day you'll get to meet the baby. And I believe, and I don't want to get too invasive or of your privacy, but I can say my own testimony. My wife had two miscarriages between Alicia and Nicholas. And I call them Amanda and Joshua. And uh, that was the names. I was going to name two kids, and we didn't have those two kids. Uh, she was a few weeks pregnant, and then she miscarried. And you know what the Bible says? It says, upon conception. When the, it doesn't say the sperm, but when the sperm and the egg joins together and conceives a bean inside a woman's tummy, it becomes a living soul. And if you're a soul, then you're going to live forever. And guess what? When there's a termination of a pregnancy, if you had a miscarriage, and I don't know if you want to, but how many ladies have had miscarriage or something in your life? Okay, I'm looking around. Okay, there's a few. Well, you know what? Keep your hand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I ask you to go into their hearts and into their minds and remove anything that would have caused them to have any negative thoughts or feeling of guilt or feeling that they were less than and I pray that you make them completely whole from the inside out in the name of Jesus. Amen. And let me tell you this. So, those babies are in heaven. And I believe that they grow up because Jesse Duplantis saw in a vision on a Sunday afternoon. He is in this vision for like three hours. He saw these children, all different sizes. And he said... The angel told him, or the Lord told him, said, these are the babies the earth did not want. said, now they're growing up in heaven and they're waiting for the day that their mothers come to know Jesus because they'll get to meet them one day. Now, I believe when you go to heaven, you don't get old. In fact, we're going to go backwards. Man, I'm going to look good. I'm going to be 30 years old. Man, when I was 30, I, I was fast. And I had hair. I was muy guapo, as they say in Spanish. My wife thought I was, anyway. But, and she's on one account, right? Amen. But anyway, you're not going to be old in heaven. Well, these babies are growing up. Alicia is going to be 29 in December. Well, those babies are going to be, this year, about 28 and about 27 and a half years old. I mean, when we get to heaven one day, and we have Chelsea's going to be 25 in August, 
Nick will be 27 in March. Then the other babies are like 28, 28 and a half. And then Alicia's 29 in December. Zach is 31 in November. Man, my kids are like boom, 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 boom. Like a spiritual Tommy gun. Anyway, they're going to be a mess of kids that we're going to have in heaven. <coughs> but for whatever reason, God didn't permit them to be born. When babies aren't born, they're in heaven. And they've grown up. And they're not going to change very much more. Go read that book or watch that movie, Heaven is for Real. That little boy had a vision of heaven, and he got to see. He met his sister that was, you know, the mama had a miscarriage. And he told her, I met my, sis uh, my sister. And she said, yeah, you got a sister, because he had one on earth. And guess what? He said, no, the one that's in heaven, the one that you had in your tummy. And she had never told him. He was only like four or five years old when he told her this. And so he said, she's in heaven. But she didn't have a name. And said, the angel told him, or Jesus told him, said, well, your parents never named her. So they had to name her. That's why I believe always wanted a Joshua and an Amanda, so boom, I got one. I believe there's another boy and girl, because that's our mode, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. You know, that's the way it went for us. You know, so I've got six kids. I've got another grandkid in heaven. So i got a lot to look forward to in heaven. And so one day I'm going to go, and what a glorious reunion. That is going to be, and you're going to have the same thing. Back to the future. Sometimes we have a vision. Sometimes we see what God wants us to be or what God wants us to do. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, we were there the last time I preached two weeks ago. Zach preached last week as I was in Arkansas, and we had a grand time down at Smith Chapel. They had a fish fry. And let me tell you what. Dennis and Di went with us, and Dennis was very happy. He was smiling ear to ear as we enjoyed, and I think Di was too. But anyway, we enjoyed the fish, and we had, oh, okay, I, I got to stop talking about food because all I had was a granola bar a little while ago. And I'm going to be thinking about where I'm going to eat. Anyway. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I've preached it a few times now, but I shared it two weeks ago. I'm going to start there again today. And in the regular New King James, it says, Therefore, if anyone, say that's me, that is you, anyone. It doesn't leave anyone out. If anyone, like we prayed that prayer this morning, make sure everybody's on the same page, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation or a new creature. Did you know it didn't say Jesus there? Don't you find that interesting? See, Jesus, most of the world believes in a historical Jesus. I was talking to somebody from, from uh, the... General Baptist on the north side of town there with Byron Beck. 
This guy's gone to church there for like 30 years. Anyway, we were sitting having a conversation, and, and we were talking about how a lot of people believe in the historical Jesus, that he walked the earth, that he, you know, did miracles and so on. Even the Muslims believe that Jesus was a prophet, that he was a good man and did good things. You know. But the key is, do they know him as the Christ? See, Christ, the Messiah, he is the one, that means the position of anointing for your salvation. You don't get saved just by believing in Jesus. Now, I don't want to be controversial. You get saved by believing in Jesus, the Christ. If any man be in Christ, not just in Jesus, the historical figure. Even the Muslims believe in Jesus, the historical figure, and they're not saved because they don't practice Christianity. So if any man be in Christ, if you believe in Jesus, the Christ, amen? Well, somebody ought to start getting excited, see? Because I'll tell you what, when you believe and you confess Jesus the Christ, you truly get saved, Brother Nelson. You can't, and I'm not into straining gnats and swallowing camels, the Southern Baptists say that there is unconditional eternal security. And I've got to tell you, I kind of believe that, only I also believe people can backslide. And if you backslide and you're a drunkard or an adulterer or those things that are listed, you know, and you die without repenting, I don't know if I'm going to go over and... I don't, you may not end up in the book, you know. It might be some invisible ink there. But the point is, if you mess up once or twice or whatever over the years, and you go and you confess it, and you ask God to forgive you, what does He do? It says He is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins, and He negates them and forgets them as far as the east is from the west. There isn't anything any farther than that. So see, if you have confessed your sins, and you believe in Jesus the Christ, then you are saved. Amen? Are you with me? I'm getting some, some looks. But I'm telling you, it's not just about believe, saying, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Hey, you know how many Jesuses there are in Mexico? Only they don't go by Jesus. They say their name is Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it's not enough to just say, I believe in Jesus, you have to accept that He is the Christ. That means He is the only one that can forgive and remit sins. Jesus in Guadalajara cannot remit your sin. Jesus in Miami cannot forgive your sins. But Jesus, or Jesucristo in Spanish, or Yeshua in Hebrew or Aramaic, you know. And, uh, you know, I always tell you, I don't, I'm not going to strain in that and swallow a camel. If people want to run around and say Yeshua and Yahweh and all that, we sing about it, and sometimes we use that terminology. But the reality is 
It's the person. It's not just the title. I don't have to say Yeshua to go to heaven. You know, but I'm going to tell you this. Christ, Christo, he has to be a part of the equation. Jesus the Christ that hung on the cross and they put nails in his palms and in his feet and they struck his back with the cat of nine tails 39 times and he died on that cross. They took him down, put him in a tomb and three days later he rose from the dead and not everybody does that. There's only one that I know of that rose from the dead and he that was four days, that was Lazarus. But it was Jesus the Christ that raised him from the dead. And Lazarus got a second chance to live. And what a testimony that is. That'd scare somebody, you know, not wanting to cross Jesus, you know. We say Jesus. You call me Kevin, but I'm Kevin McAnulty. You know, he's Jesus Christ. He is a complete package. He's Jesus, the human that God sent down to become a human, born of a virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Ghost, and he grew up without sin, and then he became, he evidenced the Christ part of it. After he was 30 years old, it was revealed that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, there was a little evidence along the way, but he proved it when he died on the cross for your sins, and then he rose from the, grave, from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he's still making intercession for you and me today. Amen? But if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And then it says, Old things have passed away. Do you have anybody that you know that passed away? You have memories, right? You remember them, but they're not living here anymore. They passed away. They're gone. But it says, old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When it says all, it doesn't mean anything's left out. All things. Man. All things have become new. We're new creatures in Christ. Man, you can have a new joy, a new peace. You can have a new lifestyle. You know, if you are new in Christ, you're not going to want to go out and do drugs and get plastered on alcohol or run around and live like the world. It's only those who went to church and they said a prayer I'm, I'm treading on really tight ground right now. But I'm telling you, they said a prayer. I believe in Jesus. But did they believe and accept Jesus as the Christ? I'm going to tell you this. If, you, if it wasn't presented to them, they may not have had the full picture. Because a lot of them said the prayer. They went out and then nothing changed. They kept going and doing the same stuff, wondering why on earth. That Christian stuff didn't, doesn't work. But I'm here to tell you, it really does. When you accept Jesus the Christ, and I know that one woman that tried to attack me in Guadalajara, and 
I put my hand out. She couldn't touch me, and I just, all the way, she went on the ground. And then I cast, I don't know how many demons out of her. And then Tino came, and I said, lead her to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did. And she was never the same. I went back, different times she'd pop up. Yeah, I'm still going to church. I was in Guadalajara. When was it? February, I think it was. And I was preaching. And I was praying for people. And there's this lady sitting on a chair. She had a back problem. So she couldn't even stand up. And I said, well, what do you need? And they said, her back has, she has back trouble. And I looked at her, Lord. And she looked familiar. And I looked at her eyes. And she smiled at me. And she said, through the interpreter, I'm that lady 20 years ago you cast those demons out of. I'm still in church today. Yeah, what an exciting thing. I prayed for her back. She got healed and got up out of that chair. But you see, she was delivered by the Holy Spirit's power, by her ex. She didn't even accept Jesus Christ. You know, if you got power working in you. See, I have Jesus Christ in me. And I'm going to tell you what, if somebody's there and they don't run away, I can cast those demons out of them. And when they go, then if they accept Jesus Christ, the same power that raised him from the dead lives in them. That same power lives in us when we accept Jesus the Christ, not just Jesus. I know that some people be wanting to argue with me. Oh, pastor, you're... No, I'm telling you the truth because I tell you what, it works. It's the truth. Does anybody dispute what I said about Jesus Christ? Okay, well, good. We're all on the same page. Back to the future then. Let's see what God's got. Let's look at John 14, 1. That's usually a funeral scripture that we read. What does it say? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. How many believe in God? Jehovah. Eight compound names. Jehovah Nisi, my victory. Jehovah uh, Sidkenu, Jehovah Rophe, my healer. Jehovah, uh, there's eight of them. Jehovah Jireh. I don't know if you listen to the message on Sirius or FM. They have that song, Jireh, and on and on. They play that thing so many times, I almost got tired of hearing it. But you can't if it's the truth. The truth is the truth. But the eight compound names of God he said, if you believe in me, those eight compound names, and he's Elohim, he's Yash, uh, he is Yahweh. The Jews won't even say Yahweh. They say Y-H-W-H. They won't even say the name. I'm glad I'm on a first name basis, that God is my friend. You know that song we sing? I am a friend of God. I, I'm so glad that we're friends. You see, He is everything that we need. Well, Jesus said, if you believe in Him, 
then believe in me too. I say Jesus, but I'm talking about Jesus Christ. <coughs> Jesus the Christ. How awesome he is. Then in Isaiah 10, 27, which I've preached to you several times. <coughs> but I want to get this across to you today. It says there, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. <coughs> the anointing of the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you. <coughs> Excuse me. Lord, I'm not done preaching yet. Give me a little grace. All this coughing and... Ricola. No, I got, I got water back there. <coughs> All right. We say you got a block carburetor. Take our old cars and round down the road about 90 to 100 miles an hour. Blow out that carburetor. There we go. I'm going to blow out my carburetor. I'm going to shout a little bit. Hallelujah. Now I'm good to go. So where was I? I was in Mexico, now I'm not. I'm back to the future. The anointing destroys the yoke. In that day, it only took one day when Jesus hung on the cross for him to provide his blood that can cover you and set you free from your sins. And when he resurrected, the power of God then became available to everybody. That is in Christ. And I've told you, Norman Parrish, Mr. Deliverance of Central and South America, his family's ministry started over 800 churches. And he, he just took a liking to me. He died in his 90s just a few years ago. But he told me, Kevin, you put your right hand on their forehead and their left hand on their neck. And the anointing in your life will destroy the yoke off of them. Anybody know a drug addict? Anybody know a thief? Anybody know an adulterer? Anybody know a liar? Anybody know anything that was sinful? Do you know we can lay hands on them and pray in the name of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit can destroy the yoke that was upon them? See that uh, cow back there? There's four of these banners around this. They represent the four creatures around the throne of God. Well, that oxen, and it's got a styrofoam yoke up there above it. If you take time to look at our banners, they all tell a story. Well, that styrofoam yoke, it stood for a wooden yoke that would be on an ox, and it made them pull a burden. Well, I tell you what, that's hard to have a burden on your shoulders, but that's what he was telling me. The anointing 
of the Holy Spirit can destroy that yoke, not just break it, but that word destroy in the original Hebrew meant to break it into pieces and then crush it to powder. You can't put powder back together. You got a couple of wooden pieces. You can put maybe a bracket and a bracket and maybe some screws or whatnot, and it can function. But you see, if somebody was a drug addict and they got delivered by that yoke being destroyed off of them, then they're set free. And whomever the Son sets free is free indeed. When Miriam, and I was explaining this, there's two designs that the devil has in our modern era. One is abortion. If he can get you to abort the babies, then, and right now there's been 70 million babies aborted in the United States. You know what? If 70 million people had been working and they paid their taxes, there wouldn't be much financial trouble, would there? as far as the government goes. But the enemy wants to use the aborted babies to sell organs if they can get them in the third trimester. That's why they want to let you have the baby up to about eight months. Then they want to take the baby and they'll take the organs and sell them on the black market. This thing is so evil and dark. And then they use the aborted babies parts to make collagen they call it that goes in cosmetics so you see it's a big industry but it's to corporations and groups you see we're short of having people work and yet you know we want people to be legal right yet the ones that are illegal a lot of them come in and do work that everybody else doesn't want to do because We've grown up a little bit lazy. So we got people in America picking fruit and vegetables and, and doing drywall and roofing houses. and Let me tell you, that's hard, hot work. And so a lot of these illegal people will come in and do this kind of stuff. So that's one strategy of the devil. He wants to make it to where we don't do what God said. What did he say in Genesis? Be fruitful and multiply. That means get married and have babies. Raise them to be Christian people. Then you have a stronger and bigger Christian nation. That was one strategy. Second strategy is homosexuality. Two women cannot produce a baby. The only way is that they went to the doctor and they had an implant. Not implant, but what do you call it? Yeah, what? Artificial insemination. In other words, they put a, a sperm and an egg inside a woman's womb and hope that it attaches and grows. Sometimes when you do that, you get two or three. Or you got that Kate, she had like eight babies. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't try to have a baby, but two women cannot do it naturally. Two men definitely cannot do it naturally, no matter what the movies tell you. 
the movies are crazy. But anyway, so the other strategy of the enemy is to try to get people to be different in their sexual orientation so they won't reproduce. God wants us to reproduce. But we know this, if they had a, a problem, they can be delivered. You ask Marion Passmore down in South Florida in Miami, she won stud of the year in the Miami gay parades. She came to our church suicidal, wanted to kill herself. She worked as a security guard at the Florida Power and Light Company where Hank worked, and one of the guys from the Baptist church led her to Jesus Christ. She prayed the prayer, and he said, I can't do anything more to help you, but go over to that church on Old Dixie Highway where Pastor McEnulty pastors, and they'll help you with the rest. She came in in 1996, walked down the aisle while worship was going on, sat down. What's your name again? Kevin. You, you got my name. How did I forget that? Right about where Kevin is, she was sitting right off the center aisle, and when I took it after praise and worship and I looked at her, I said, Ma'am, stand up, please. She stood up. She had on all her gear except for the gun. I said, God wants to change. I was going to say your life, and it rolled right off my tongue, your lifestyle. When I said that, boom, power of God hit her. Back to the future. And she fell out in the spirit. She came to the altar at the end of the sermon. I laid hands on her. And I prophesied over her. I said, God's telling me to tell you he's going to heal your womb. And you're even going to have love for a man one day. And boom, the power of God hit her again. And I went on praying for others. She bowed up on the ground. I took my Bible over. The Holy Ghost said, lay your Bible on her stomach. And I put it, and she went flat as a pancake. And I cast 13 demons out of her that day. The Holy Ghost showed me, and that thing spoke to me. And I said, what's your name? And it said, I'm a lesbian spirit. I commanded the lesbian spirit to leave her. And it left her. And she's not been a lesbian since 1996, 26 years later. See, when Jesus the Christ lives in you and the power of the Holy Ghost is available, you can cast out a lesbian spirit. So no, nobody was born that way. Everybody was born a sinner with any kind of capability to become whatever it is the devil wants to do to you. Miriam was raped at nine years old by her drunken uncle. Made her hate men. But when she came and got delivered, every time I'd say, she said, I love you, Pastor. Miriam was a black lady. She'd say, you're my white daddy what she would tell me I said well okay she said when I get married I want you to walk me down the aisle well she was engaged once but it didn't last because she's too fired up <laughs> you can't be lukewarm and be around Miriam <laughs> but I tell you what she wrote a book called Miriam is out what she meant she was out of the gay closet and she's preached all over the place, 700 Club, different women's conventions. What a powerful testimony she had. She had a website. Women started calling me. 
saying, can you pray for me like you did Miriam? I said, sure, come at 5.30. I call Miriam over at FPL. I'd say, Miriam, we got another one. Meet me at 5.30 in the office. She'd come over. We'd lay hands on them together. They'd be delivered. We'd find out where they lived, some in North Miami or Fort Lauderdale, and we'd call a church up there, and we'd give them the pastor's name and send them to a church in their neighborhood. See, God is a delivering God. Jesus the Christ makes you a new creation. And the anointing destroys the yoke. And the yoke that the devil tried to put on Miriam was she should hate men. She went and saw her uncle on his deathbed, led him to Jesus Christ, and and she forgave him for violating her as a nine-year-old girl. And then... He asked her if she would preach his funeral. And so she preached the funeral of the man that raped her and made her go the wrong way for all those years. But she was set free completely. Now she's a fiery evangelist and very humble before the Lord. Anyway, it's awesome. See, I'm going to look at some points. Let's look at some points real quickly here. Number one, much of the time our past hinders our ability and understanding how to move forward into our future. Think about that. Sometimes your past hinders your ability to go into your future because you don't think about yourself the way God thinks about you. He doesn't see you the same way you see you. Your past says you flunkied up and you messed up and you're not as valuable. God says you're a new creation, a new creature in Christ, and therefore you can be anything and everything I want you to be. Number two, one key is to make Christ the king of our hearts. The heart, the seat, the throne of your thought life, your emotions, your ability to decide things so you make christ not just jesus and you know we all say well jesus is the lord of my life no you make jesus the christ the lord of your life and then you're giving him preeminence as the christ the deliverer the savior the awesome messiah returning king see number three we oftentimes allow our hearts to fear what we don't know our emotions, our thought life, we end up being afraid of what we don't know. I didn't want to be a preacher because I'd seen my dad become a bipolar, schizophrenic preacher, not able to work and support his family. And I said, if that's what happens to preachers in my mind, I don't want to be one. But I, I think God's pretty cool. So guess what? I'll go to church. I'll teach school. I'll coach basketball and baseball because, you know, I know that. I know what it's like to bounce a ball and throw it into the basket. I know what it's like to pitch a baseball and to hit the baseball. You know, I know how to coach kids to do that. Well, I don't want to be no preacher. I don't want to be cracked in my mind because the pressure of being a preacher. But God wouldn't relent. He stayed on me and on me. And the closer I got 
to seeking Jesus the Christ, the more those things broke and drifted and fell away. You see, the devil doesn't want you to accept what God wants you to be. So we allow our hearts, our emotions, our thought life, our decisions to, you know, fear what we don't know. When I finally said, yes, Lois, I didn't know anything. I preached in homerooms of a Christian school. I went to youth groups and preached. I started going to little churches. I preached in Greenbrier, Missouri to four people on a Friday night. Two of them was a pastor and his wife. That's a humdinger revival right there, let me tell you. And then uh, the next night there might have been six people. And then on Sunday we had, I think, 21, and 14 of them were from a riding club. It was the pastor's dentist who just happened to stop by. I thought, man, we got revival. This thing quadrupled in three days. <laughs> it's Greenbrier. You ever heard of Greenbrier? I mean, it's way out there somewhere. I think it's past Puxico or somewhere. I couldn't even take you there today. That church went there. It was, it was nice. It had a little wooden pews, Sister Vicki. And, and I said, well, where's the bathroom? I ought to go there before church. They said, well, just go outside and go around the corner. And I went out there. And I opened the door. Man, there's no faucet in there. <laughs> it was an outhouse. I said, man, I'm back here in the boonies. Let me tell you. John, that was my first revival I preached. Then I preached in places like Bird's Corner, Missouri. I never made it to Booger Holler down in Arkansas. You know, but there is a Booger Holler, let me tell you. But uh, there's a lot of places I didn't make it to, but I did begin to preach more and more and more until I ended up being youth pastor and assistant pastor and worship leader and you name it until one day I find myself in South Florida in a fast-growing, explosive revival. And, whew, my life was never, never the same. I'd never been out of the country. Brother Tino, who's going to be here this week, he invited me to come to Mexico. That's the first time I ever went out of the country. And I, now I've been in 20 countries, preaching around the world different places. So God can do anything, John. You see, we can't let fear dominate what we don't know. You don't know where you're going or what you're going to be. Just let God do it. Number four, oh, all the old things can pass away and all things can be new. I already made that point. Number five, Christ, the position of the anointing, can destroy the old man's strongholds. You know what? AA, and I don't know how many go to AA. I know Sister Tanya waved at me. That's a good organization. When you go back and read the blue book, it was based on Jesus Christ. Bill Wilson, and I forget the other guy's name, but when they started that, I think it was the 1940s, 30-something? Anyway, that was based on their belief, the higher power being God Almighty. It was a great organization. The part I don't like, and I know why they do it, is when they say, I am an alcoholic. Well, you know what? I'm not going to confess what I used to do. You walk around saying that, they're going to fire you. 
you know, from some positions. I know they say it because they don't want to hide it. That's what their weakness was. I'd rather say I was an alcoholic and now I'm saved by grace because I decided to one day believe in Jesus the Christ and His blood covers me and He has forgiven every sin and cast them away as far as the east is from the west and now Christ lives in me and I'm not the old man anymore but I am new, hallelujah, and I'm living a new life and I'm living a better life because of what Jesus Christ did for me. And I don't have to be bound by the old strongholds. I'm not this, I'm not that. Whatever you were, whatever you had, let's get back to the future and let's let go of the past. But it's not just, you know, people try to sound like it's easy. Just forget the past. Well, it's not that easy. It isn't. You need somebody to help you. Get rid of that past. Philippians 3, 12 through 14 says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Hallelujah. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. See, he's humble. And he's not prideful. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And it's not in Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus. So you see, you don't have to stay an alcoholic. It's that mentality. That thing doesn't have to live in you anymore. It doesn't have to have a seed in you anymore. It's got to go. That lesbian spirit had to exit Miriam Passmore. I prayed for Austin Montag in that revival in 2000, and he laid on the floor for 30 minutes, beat red, vibrating in the power of the Holy Ghost. And he was set free. And he'll tell you. He, he thought about drinking. I don't think he tried to drink a sip or something. And he just couldn't. He tried to smoke a joint. He couldn't do it. When that thing is removed, it's got nothing in you. See? The devil, if he comes back and there's no alcoholic spirit in you, he can't get you with alcohol anymore. If it, that drug thing was pulled out of you, he can't get you with drugs anymore. He can't get you with pain pills anymore. See, whatever it is, he can deliver you out of it all. Because all that old stuff's gone, and now everything becomes brand new. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm about to get happy. Number six, we cannot pretend. What time is it? I knew I was getting hungry. I'll hurry, all right? We cannot pretend perfection, but acknowledge that Christ can move us forward to the future things. In other words, don't wait till you get perfect before you go somewhere with your life. You know what? If you stumble and fall, 
if you'll confess Jesus Christ and ask Him to forgive you, He'll help pick you back up and keep you going. Amen? That's for somebody here today. So, number, what number was I on? I read seven? Okay, seven. We receive the call that is upward so we can go beyond the past life into the future. All right, 1 Peter 2.25. I'll just read it on the screen. Faster. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. See, sometimes people go astray for a short time. You know what? You'll never be happy and you're not happy. And that's why you got to come back. Because you cannot live that way. You can't have two spirits living in you, the devil and the Lord. So see, you can't be happy with the devil uh, renting a room in your heart while Jesus Christ lives in the other nine rooms by the Holy Ghost. The devil can't be happy either. That's why he wants you to kick the Lord out. But guess what? You've accepted Jesus Christ. You can't get rid of him now. He'll always be around. Why? Because... He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Once you accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost moves in, and you have Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can be running, but all you're going to do is get muddy and need somebody to pick you up and wash you off again. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, He said, but have now returned to the shepherd, Jesus Christ, and overseer of your souls, the Holy Ghost. He is there to help you. All right. And that was number eight. We are sheep. We as sheep who went astray now return to our shepherd, Jesus Christ, and let him oversee our process and our future. Let him be the big sponsor. Now, in AA, Tanya, since you raised your hand, we can get a sponsor, can't we? Yeah, we do that when we had Power to Choose groups. We People could get a sponsor. But guess what? They're just an earthly sponsor. Jesus Christ is your main sponsor, and he's called your shepherd. And he's the overseer of your soul. Romans 8, 26 through 28, and we'll close out here. Those verses are awesome. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I told you, Brother Steve, he helped me and my sister go in and see my mom before she passed. They had a lot of restrictions. We come in the side door. I can say that, can't I, Brother Steve? We're not going to get anybody in trouble now. But anyway, we went in there, and we talked to her, and she acknowledged our presence, but she was moaning and groaning. She could not speak words, and was it just her pain? I think she was praying in the Holy Ghost. She could not speak words. So guess what? She was moaning and groaning with things that were too deep for utterance. She could not say words, 
but the Holy Ghost was speaking on her behalf. Hallelujah. For the will of God. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What did I have you confess this morning? I am no longer a sinner, but I am a saint. If you know Jesus Christ as Lord, you are now a saint. And he says there, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, which is your future. It goes back to the future. He gets rid of the things from your past so that you can step forward into your future and do everything he's called you to do. Stand with me today. Thank you, Father God. I love you today. I thank you, Jesus. I believe that the people that are here today and heard this message were meant to hear the message. They are going to walk differently when they leave this place. They're going to know who they are in Christ, and they're not going to have to feel bad about themselves anymore. I speak positive words over them. I speak over you that you are the blessed and not the cursed. You are the head and not the tail. You are the redeemed of the Lord in Jesus Christ, our Savior, and you are a child of Almighty God. And you can go about your business sharing the Word of God with others, and they will taste and see that the Lord is good and that His mercy endureth forever. So go out there and make a difference in somebody else's life by being a light in the darkness. Amen? God bless you. Thank you for being here. And if you need to get a ticket for the banquet, if you want to come on up here, Pastor Ken be here to help me or I'll be here to help him. Oh yeah, cherish. And anybody else that needs prayer, I'll anoint you with oil. And we know that the prayer of faith shall save the sick and they will be healed. Amen. Let me put this. Did I give you a ticket yet? Okay. Put that in the the fifteen dollars a piece, five dollars for twelve years and under. Amen.